This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Uh, Matthew chapter 22, verse 34 to 40. Alright, it says, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. All right, you may have your seat in God's presence. Now, you know, when they asked Jesus, which is the first and greatest commandment, he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. What does that mean? What does it mean to you to love the Father of Spirits? To love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. If it is that important to him, then it should be important to you. All right. So we're talking about Matthew 22, verse 37. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. You know, one thing that God desires so much is the voluntary, uncoerced, and unbending love of a human heart. It is one thing that he seeks. When we look at the beginning, God made man in his image and in his likeness. Right? God invested so much into man. The scripture says in Psalm 8 verse 4, What is man that you are mindful of him? Or the son of man that you visit him? But then again, man fell. Man sinned. And the punishment for sin... Is a capital one. It's death. The scripture says the wages of sin is death. Right? And in Romans chapter 3, verse 10, it says there is none righteous. No, not one. There is none who seeks after God. So, you are not saved because you are better than the other people. Jesus said, no man can come to me except the Father draws him near. The wages of sin is death. And the penalty has to be paid. Right? It can only be paid by a man. And that's why the blood of bulls and animals could not suffice. Only man can pay for the sins of man. Are we getting me? Only man can pay for the sins of man. But if you look at every man, there is none righteous. So there is none who could pay because you are guilty of the same crime. So God had to let go of his paraphernalia of office. He stripped himself of his glory and came to earth as a man. Philippians chapter 2 verse 5. Philippians chapter 2 verse 5. He says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Go on. Who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Verse 7, this is where I'm going. 
but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men. Do you know what it means for the God of creation, the one who created you and I? I mean, we are like sand, a grain of sand in the palm of his hands. The one who made you came down to earth as a lowly man. He didn't come as a king. He came as a son of a carpenter. Just to pay the price for you and I. That is an expression of God's love. You know, when we talk about John 3.16, it's not only talking about the love of the son, but it's a, a statement that expresses the love of the father. Because the scripture says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It's an expression of the father's love to you and I. So he came as a man. Remember that God is love, but he's also a God of justice. Many people only know the goodness of God, but they don't know the severity of God. Mercy and justice are contradictory. It's only at the cross that you can reconcile the two. Only at the cross. And that's why there's no contradiction in God. If you read Isaiah chapter 53, verse 2. Let's read from verse 2 to 7. I want you to understand what happened at salvation. Because only when you appreciate the love of God for you, that you can express your love to him. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. This is descriptive of Jesus, the one who came and died for you. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. You can imagine, I just want you to picture God being spat on, being kicked, being bruised, a crown of thorn placed on his head just to pay the price for what you did. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. Verse 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Verse 6, all we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Verse 7. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before its sharers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Are we together? God did all of this to show how much he loves you and I. And the only thing he requires of you is to reciprocate that love. A million tongues won't be enough 
to tell of how he loves me. A million songs won't be enough to tell how much he loves us. Your love is higher than my hands can reach, and your love is farther than my eyes can see, and your love is greater than my mind can understand I you know we just celebrated father's day last month i think on the 18th of june many of us experienced you know love from our children for those of you who have children, we experience the affectionate display of love from our children. Some of you celebrated your earthly fathers. But what about our Father in heaven? What about the one who sent his only son to die for you and I? How do you show your love to him? Many times we talk about God's love to us. We hammer on it a lot. And it's good. It's good to know that God loves you. But do you really love him? Ask yourself today, do you really, really love God? Hallelujah. What does it mean to love the Father of Spirits? With your soul, with your mind, and with your heart. And if you look at that text... It seems to present some sort of distinction between the heart, the soul, and the mind. So how do you love God with all your mind? How do you love God with all your mind? The truth is that to know him is to love him. You cannot love God if you don't know him. I remember when I first met my wife. I mean, very pretty, charming lady. But you see, yes, maybe the first time I set my eyes on her, I wouldn't say it was love at first sight. Maybe it was infatuation. The love grew when I got to know her. Are you with me? No matter how beautiful somebody appears, when you get to know the character, it can determine whether you will love the person or not. Somebody said, I think it's um, um, Gene Wilkins, the heart does not love what the mind does not know. And that's why the scripture hammers on the need to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
If you don't know him, you cannot love him. So for those who don't spend time in the word, you know, it's going to be difficult for you to appreciate God's love. And if you, if you don't appreciate his love, if you don't understand him, if you don't know him, you cannot love him. Remember the story um, in Jonah chapter 3 where God sent Jonah to Nineveh to announce to them that they should tidy up. The city is coming down, right? Now, the people of the city knew something about God. So what did they do? Let's go to Jonah chapter 3 verse 10. There's a reason I'm sharing this with us. Then, you know, they, they um, announced a fast and they started praying. Why? Because they understood that, yes, God is a God of justice, but he's also a God of mercy. And so they prayed. So God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way. And God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them. And he did not do it. If you only know God as a God of justice, you can't love him. You will fear him and you will flee from him when you err. And that is the boat that some people have found themselves right now. Because they only know God as a God of justice. They don't know God as a God of love. Look at what Jonah said in Jonah chapter 4. Jonah chapter 4 verse 1 to 2. Let's read. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly and he became angry. Now he wasn't angry because God displayed mercy towards them. He was angry because of his own reputation. Because he, has pronounced, he had pronounced judgment upon the people. So he prayed to the Lord and said, Ah, Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore I fled previously to Tashish, for I know that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. Do you know God by these qualities? Do you know God by these attributes? Because if you don't, trust me, you can't love him. You can come to church and raise hands and sing and make melody. You know, one thing I've realized is that many times we gauge our love for God by how we feel in certain situations or um, atmosphere. We are very emotional beings. And there is nothing wrong with emotion as long as your emotion during a worship session stems from the truth that is being communicated in that song. So when you are singing a worship song and you are moved to tears, why are you moved to tears? Because of the rhythm? Because of the slow beat? Or because there's a truth that is being communicated in that song that speaks to your heart? Do you really love God? Are you a lover of God or a user of God? 
Many people have created God in their own image. So the love they have for God is based on a picture of God they have created for themselves. You know, I said there are some people that only know God as a God of justice, not as a God of love. But we also have some people who only know God as a God of love and not a God of justice. So they believe anything goes. So they have created God in their own image. The image that permits them to live anyhow they want. So when you say you love God, which God are we talking about? Again, ask your neighbor, do you really love God? Do you really love God? Second Samuel chapter 24, verse 10. Let's see what happened there. And David's heart condemned him. You know, he did something wrong. He numbered the people. So David said to the Lord, I have sinned greatly in what I have done. But now I pray, O Lord, take away the iniquity of your servant, for I have done very foolishly. And look at what God said. Now, when David arose in the morning, the word of the Lord came to the prophet God, David here, saying, go on. Go and tell David, thus says the Lord, I offer you three things. Choose one of them for yourself that I may do it to you. Move on. So God came to David and told him and said to him, Shall seven years of famine come to you in the land? Or shall you flee three months before your enemies while they pursue you? Or shall there be three days plague in your land? Now consider and see what answer I should take back to him who sends me. Look at what David said. And David said to God, I am in great distress. Please let us fall into the hand of the Lord, for his mercies are great. What do you know about the God that we serve? There's something I want to show you that I have come to realize. When many people come to Christ, depending on where they are coming from, depending on how they see themselves. And that was why I started by taking us through the foundation of our faith, salvation. What salvation truly means to you and I. If you don't appreciate what God did at the cross, you will take him for granted. And you will only come to Christ because of the perks. But the substance is God Almighty. Luke chapter 7. I want us to see what happened here. There's a great verse 36. There's a very powerful message to, to glean from here. Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. Now the Pharisees are teachers of the law. They are I mean, they keep, they, they teach the need to keep every single law of Moses. And they engage in ceremonial washing. And behold, a certain woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood 
at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with the air of her head. If you understand the culture in those days, the woman's hair is like her glory. It's her crown. They don't joke with it. In fact, shaving your hair is a thing of shame. When you understand what happened here, that song, I cast my crown before the highest royalty will make more meaning to you. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Next verse. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, remember, these are ceremonial people. Before they eat, they wash their hands. Before, I mean, they wash the plate. They like washing, washing, washing. But for whatever reason, even though he was the one that invited Jesus to his home, he didn't see the need to wash Jesus' feet. And it's the same way many of us have invited Jesus into our hearts. But do we honor him as Lord? Again, I ask that question, do you really love God? So when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself saying, this man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. Verse 40. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, teacher, say it. Next verse. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors, one who owed five hundred denarii and the other fifty. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, you have rightly judged. You know, for many of us, when we come to Christ, you hear people say, well, I've been a Christian all my life. I was born in the church. I've been a good guy. Really? It is the one who considers that he is not worthy. The one who knows that he is not deserving. That appreciates the father's love much more than anything else. You see, the Pharisees believe that they are, in quote, righteous. They walk towards self-righteousness. But this is a woman who believed that she was wretched. She didn't consider herself as anything. She didn't consider herself as deserving. But when God extended his love to her, of course, it's something that she appreciated and it's easy to express your love to him when you know that he loves you. Are you with me? Verse 44. Then he turned to the woman and said, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. Next verse. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. 
You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore, I say to you, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much. Do you really love God? Do you really love God? Search your heart this morning. Philippians chapter 3 verse 8. Look at what Paul said about the excellency of knowing the Lord Jesus. Remember what I said. To know him is to love him. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. How many people can say this boldly? If you were stripped of everything you own and consider dear, would you be satisfied with having him? Be sincere with yourselves. You know, I asked members of um, my tribe one day, I said, what do you mean when you say the joy of the Lord is my strength? Is the joy of the Lord your strength? Or is it the things that come with, <laughs> that you are seeking? And that's why I said, are you a lover of God? Or are you a user of God? Do you really love God? I want us to rise to our feet this morning. You know, somebody wrote a book, I think Gary Chapman. He wrote a book about the five love languages. Talking about words of affirmation, you know, quality time, acts of service, gifts, and physical touch. I'll take out the last one. <laughs> but words of affirmation. You know, when we declare the faithfulness of God, how merciful, how loving he is, speak words of affirmation to him. He loves it. Quality time. You spend quality time with God in prayer. You fellowship with the Spirit. Just as Pastor Mayawa spoke about in the first service. Acts of service. You know, if you say you love God, right, you should partner with Him in the kingdom growth. Because His very heart is that all men should be saved and come to the knowledge of Him. So are you partnering with God? Are you a worker? Are you partnering with God in kingdom advancement, kingdom growth? And then the last one talks about gifts. God himself, the scripture says, for God so loved the world that he gave. Are you a giver? You can't be a lover of God without being a giver. Set your hearts this morning. I want you to lift up your voice and pray that God will place a passion in your heart. God will ignite the fire to seek him and to love him. Pray that you may grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lift up your voice and pray this morning that God will touch your heart. 
God will give you the power. Because the scripture says that he has shed his love abroad in our hearts through the spirit. The spirit will empower you. If you want a change in your love walk, this is the time. In Jesus' precious name, we worship. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you, are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior, and from today I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late, you are born again, you are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Stay blessed.